Hello everyone, today I'm going to be bringing you something a little different. So it is the last day of April, and I figured, why not do a little recap of the... And I figured, why not do a little recap of some of the scores released and film score news from the prior three months. So January to March 2021. Depending on how this goes, it might be a new staple once every three months. I figured it might be an interesting little change, add something different. And as you might already know, I'm gonna have one more interview coming out and then be on a bit of a break. It's about two months and then I'll be back with uh, a load more interviews. The biggest recent news has been the award season wrapping up. The BAFTAs, Golden Globes, and Academy Awards chief among them. And I know that the Academy Awards were actually in late April, they're only about a week ago, but it'd be a bit silly to only talk about them come July. I think it'd be a bit stale by then. And I think to nobody's surprise, Soul picked up all three awards by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. It's a score that has been a little controversial in the film score community, at least. A lot of people really don't like Reznor and Ross's work, finding it too droning, not dynamic or thematic enough, and I can understand where they're coming from, but I've liked their music for years, dating back to the first Nine Inch Nails album, and I think it's quite a good score, and Batiste's work is really the standout. Those, those jazz moments are just incredible, but really I wouldn't have been upset had any other scores won as well. It was a, you know, a solid slate. I wish that Minari had been nominated for everything, but was happy that it at least picked up one nomination. The last three months have actually surprisingly seen a lot of great electronic synthy scores. For instance, you had Flinch by Miami Nights 1984, Shadow in the Cloud by Mahuya Bridgman Cooper, Arch Enemy by Umberto, Willie's Wonderland by Imoy, and Come True by Pilot Priest and Electric Youth. There are probably a few others that I'm missing, but those five were the ones that really stood out to me. And I think when we think of synth, we sometimes think of the 80s synthy pastiche that has become so popular. And really, Miami Nights 1984 was one of the big names in that, in the beginning of that resurgence around 2011, 2012. And so their score has some similarities to that, although... I think it's been something like seven years since their last album, so you can see a lot of growth in Flinch. But these other scores really show how dynamic, quote, electronic synth music can be. I think that those genre tags are really limiting because there's an unlimited amount that can be done in this type of music. I think those are all great. Willie's Wonderland in particular was quite a silly score because you have these serious, pounding, intense electronic moments interspersed with the songs that play in this children's restaurant by these animatronic animals, and it is just such a bizarre dynamic, but it's quite catchy and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Now, the ever-great Howard Shore released the new score in January, Pieces of a Woman. It's quite a difficult listen, just as the movie's a difficult watch, and it's it really channels that agonizing sense of loss. Fortunately, it's only 30 minutes, 
because I think much longer and it would be a bit overbearing and overwhelming. You can only take so much of something so emotionally driving and grief-filled before you can't take any more. Now, unfortunately, the opening cue, Ruin in Memory, is from Shore's 2017 work to Concerti, which disqualified it from a lot of Ward's consideration, and yet, for whatever reason, it really was a score that nobody talked about that much, which is kind of surprising, particularly because not only was it great, but it came from Howard Shore. I know Minari, the film, released back in 2020, but the score actually only released in February, and it is easily one of the best scores of 2020. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. And Emil Mosseri manages to create something that's gentle and both hopeful and optimistic, as well as melancholic and sorrowful. And you hear it not just across the breadth of the score, but within individual cues. And it's a really subtle shift between these two almost polarizing emotional states. It's a beautiful work and really just lulls you into a trance. Another great score was Riot and the Last Dragon by James Newton Howard. Disney really seems to bring out some of the best in him, and the score is no different. It's magical and epic. It's a lot of fun to listen to, and I know that some people were a bit turned off by the use of electronic elements, but first of all, at this stage, you've got to get used to that. It's in almost every piece of film music and most music in general. I think the other aspect was a lot of this, I imagine, was written and recorded during COVID. And this has been clear from a lot of the composers I've talked to, it has been difficult to record remotely. So I'm sure some of it has just been a necessary balance in order to get the score recorded. To Olivia, however, by Debbie Wiseman is a similarly great score that really leans into its orchestral elements, which is really fitting for its, I think, 1960s, 1950s setting. It's beautiful, easily one of the best orchestral scores of the year so far, maybe the best, and just has a beautiful, memorable main theme that permeates throughout. You know, a composer that I normally really enjoy, Abel Korzeniowski, released the score recently, The Courier. And not to say that it's not enjoyable, but I've listened to it a few times and it hasn't yet really caught me. I'm going to give it a few more because he's one of the best composers working right now, although for whatever reason he doesn't seem to work that often. And I really enjoy most of what he does, if not all of what he does. So I'm sure this is something that requires a few more listens, and I know some people particularly enjoyed the score. Two quite smaller scores that I want to talk about really quick are Stray by Ali Helnwein, which is a really short, quick score from March that's super listenable. When I first heard it, I think I listened to it three times in a row. It's just lovely, it's short, it's quick, but you might have to be in the right mood for it, because the score has a bit of a, a lingering melancholy to it, which is fitting for the, the subject matter and what it's trying to portray. Another smaller score, and I'll apologize in advance if I butcher the names, is Abst Yarnen by Tanya Nerano and Minna Wurlander. What really struck me about this score is the use of accordion. Now, I'm sure you can find a fair amount of scores that use accordion on a cue here or there, 
and probably a few by Bear McCreary, but I can't remember any, at least off the top of my head, that feature it so prominently and in practically every cue in the score. Now, it makes sense because I believe that Warlander is a relatively well-known accordionist, and she makes great use of it. Now, to wrap up, I think these are probably the two most high-profile scores of January through March, both by Junkie XL. The first is for Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's four hours long, which I think is just difficult for anyone to listen to. Even two hours or an hour and a half is a lot to consume and a lot to really dig into. And it can be hard to keep a focus for that long. And while the film itself is broken into, I believe, six chapters, I don't think the score is. So you either have to figure out where those natural breaks are, take it into whatever pieces you want, or sit there and listen to everything. And I'll be honest, I did not enjoy the score. With the length and the amount that was in there, it felt like a cheap all-you-can-eat buffet that was just overwhelming and not particularly satisfying. However, and one thing that I've begun to appreciate in the week since its release, is that you can also just take a couple bites. The score is four hours long. It features something like 55 cues, maybe more. And so you can listen through it and then pick a couple cues here and there that you actually enjoy and make something that's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that features these greatest hits and is significantly shorter. His other high-profile score that, again, recently released was Godzilla vs. Kong. When I listened to the two singles that were released, the Godzilla theme and the Kong theme, I was somewhat optimistic. And there is good action intensity. I think that's what Junkie XL really excels at. However, again, it's unnecessarily long, and it doesn't really have a lot of variety or thematic development, so that you kind of zone out, and it gets stale, and those aspects bog down and slow down the score. Now that said, if you like his music, you'll like these two scores. I guarantee it. And if you don't like his music, you haven't liked what he's done before, or you've been on the fence about what he's done, I don't think these will change your mind. Of course, there are numerous other scores that have been released in these last three months. I'd have to check probably around 150-200 scores. So obviously, I've only covered a very, very, very small amount. And you can actually find on my site write-ups for January and February that go into much more detail about, I think, nine scores and list probably another 10 or 15 that I really recommend. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, I'll be releasing an article for March as well. So if you haven't yet, please check those out. Now, as I mentioned, I'll have a new and final interview coming out in just over a week. And of course, you can always find more stuff coming out from me on my website, thefilmscore.com, or come say hello on social media at The Film Score. I hope you found this a little interesting, and if so, I might make it a staple to this podcast. Thanks for listening.